Welcome to Riverdale. Chapter 28, There Will Be Blood. Welcome to Riverdale is a carefree black nerd review show covering the ins and outs and the hijinks of Riverdale CW and Archie Comics' very own Riverdale. Now, this episode took me on an emotional roller coaster. Uh, I was sitting alongside Vivian Green and um, we were going on the peaks and valleys, highs, lows, ups, downs, loop-de-loops, and all that good shit. This episode opens up with Jughead, the character I despise probably the most. Um, I hate him. Uh, his dad, FP. Yeah, don't like him either. Um, really don't want to waste time. Essentially, Jughead is on this mission to find out what Hiram is doing. Let me take a step back. Actually... The thing that is so interesting about this show is the people who are supposed to be the good guys, the main characters, are evil. They are villains. I've said this for the last, I don't know, probably half of this season, if not the whole season. And it's so weird to me that the Lodges have come into their own as this crime family or whatever, but I still don't see them as much as villains as I see the main four, specifically Jughead. Like, he's done some very dumbass shit for a very long time. Not a fan. He's trying to prove that, I don't know, um, Hiram Lodge is doing some bad shit. And it's, I mean, I guess I get that, but I don't. Maybe if I was younger, if I was a tween or a teen, then maybe I would see things a bit differently. I doubt it because I'm me. I know myself, especially from back then. But I don't see them as the villains. Like, I'm really rooting for the Hirams. Well, Hirams, the Lodges. Um, oh, and quick, quick correction. Um, last week, I kept saying Melanie, and it was actually Valerie who was on Altered Carbon. Or I was saying Valerie, and it was Melanie. Either way, it wasn't the drummer. It was the bright-skinned pussycat from before. Anyways, so I um I'm not a fan, and Jughead goes on this mission to discover what Hiram is doing. But I'm thinking like, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's one thing to have pride in your town and want it to you know remain untouched or not corrupted or whatnot, and I get that. But I feel like there's so many other things Jughead can be doing aside from this. But whatever. Uh, we move on to the next scene, which is a, I guess, dinner at the Lodges with the Lodge family and Fred Andrews and Archie. And they finally bring up to Fred that they want him to run for mayor. Uh, then, okay, because those two storylines are actually quite boring. We move on to Betty and Kevin versus Chick. So Chick has been, now I'm not a fan of Chick. He's creepy. I'm sure the show is doing that intentionally, but I'm not, I'm not a fan of his, but I could take him or leave him. Like he can stay or he can go. It really doesn't make no, make me no, never mind. Well, Kevin has said that he knew Chick from like 
a cam boy or something. And I don't like the way that this show deals with sexuality and, you know, uh, sex work and whatnot because they're going far enough to make you assume that chick has been like having sex on camera or being somewhat porn ish. But then they're not like, they're not handling it in the best. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to articulate how I feel about this, but I know I don't like it. Even with me not being a fan of chick. Well, what I am more disgusted in is that they have Kevin, the token gay guy, who's running around doing whatever uh, the plot needs. It's like he doesn't have, I don't want to say agency, but he doesn't have room to be his own fucking man. Like, he doesn't have his own storyline. And then <clears throat> there's more to being gay than just being the token gay guy. It, it just is so frustrating, especially since I feel like Kevin is a wasted character he's a pretty good actor he's a conventionally attractive white man he probably would have did better in the role of arch well no he's a bit bigger than arch i don't know he just i feel like kevin is wasted at this point so i feel the same way about josie it's like you have these french characters that in the books they have some stories you know um they have they're active and you're not you're relegating them to this i don't know horrible plot device and I'm tired of it because they got so much more going in the last episode with their parents and the divorce and the affair and whatnot but then it's like where the fuck is all that going I'll tell you where it's going it's going right here to Betty being horrible yet again now she's having Kevin talk to chick on a webcam in the school's library of all places to get information out of him it's just like I don't know I, I'm I can't I can't get down with that because now it's like however I feel about chick this is a real person in the context of the show of course this is a real person so if he was to diverge some information say I don't know he was raped a bunch of times or he's got an incurable or a curable STD STI or you know just anything it's like you're being so you're treating him as if again just another plot device it's like you kevin is not hanging out with you betty on the regular but he's good enough to set up your brother on this camera thing and i like that they did have kevin eventually tell her bitch i ain't doing this shit no more this feels weird your brother seems to be a cool guy and i'm not about to you know the one only other gay guy in town and now i have to set him up like it's just it's such a weird thing but even speaking to the gayness in this town kevin harp before and i don't think the show knows what the fuck they're doing i wonder if there's a gay person in that writer's room at all but he was like cruising at night in the woods and then he was with joaquin and then he was screaming about there not being enough gay people in the town but then chick showed up and got that job at whatever grocery store he was at but this was like he randomly had this guy like leaving his room. Now we're left to believe that either they slept together or something. That's neither here nor there. The fact still remains there are other gay people in this town. Why are why is Kevin so isolated? He can't even hang out with you motherfuckers, the main four, but then you don't even bring in some other gay character for him to be around. Because clearly him being around someone in the cast means nothing. Because he got like, I don't know what, half hour, maybe 15, 10, 15 minutes of um, 
actual screen time the other episodes. It's like, what are y'all doing? I feel like Riverdale has not, they can't handle an ensemble cast. Like, it, it makes no sense. It's like you have all these goddamn people, some of which who can act really well, some of which who are okay, but all of them are iconic characters from the classic Archie comic book, and you're not doing them justice. I feel like they don't know what the fuck they're doing. It's like, we're going to get the main four to do X, Y, and Z, and then just throw in other plots around the edge of that, like, however it works. And it's, I don't know. Um, we get Veronica and Archie, and they're dealing with their whole relationship thing and dad running for mayor and don't want him to be in the pocket of the lodges and i was just like archie this is boring him and veronica are really boring me i'm sick and tired of them like because we've gone through this whole like arc of will he or won't he and then he does get into the inner circle and then now your dad is a part of the mix and now you're worried well you've done all this you've laid the groundwork and now it's an it's just it's boring it really is. And then him to snap over on I feel like you're using me and you're pushing me to do such and such. Well, bitch, what the fuck have you been? Like, you haven't been such a great boyfriend. You haven't been such a great person. And now somebody's giving you, I don't know. It's, I'm just, I'm bored with it. I'm relatively bored with it. I don't like it at all. I'm, I want Archie to do something else because this show don't know what the fuck they're doing. I, and it's it's so taxing to watch this shit and then... I don't know, whatever. So moving on to a more interesting storyline, the one that I actually probably like the most out of this whole episode. Cheryl comes downstairs in one of these Thornhill, I believe. I don't know if Thornhill is the old mansion or the new one, whatever. But some man is sitting with her mom, and he's like, hey, we're going to read a wheel. And she's like, okay, whatever. And um, then we move on to the Coopers, which is a slightly better. I don't know. Hal is telling... Alice, we need to get a divorce. Um, I don't trust Chick, or whatever. And then Betty's like, oh, I don't trust him either, Dad. I'm like, well, bitch, where the fuck? You tr- you brought him into this goddamn house. And, yeah, you can make mistakes. You're able to make decisions and then kind of go back against them or whatever. And I get that. But I'm just like, Betty, you, you're horrible and your mom is a terrible parent. And I just, I don't know, y'all. I don't. I'm not a fan. Like, and it's so funny. I sound so sad and melancholy, but this was actually a better episode. One of the, like, last week and this week's, uh, or this particular episode was really interesting. Um, Kind of a, uh, better than the season has been in the second half of this season. Like, they've kind of been getting back, getting their stride back. Well, Oh, God, we get Archie. He's like, oh, I don't want my dad to run for me. Or Jackie, can you find something? You know, Hiram bought Pops. Can you do something about that? And they go on this whole thing about how Pops is, is like a place everybody loves. And it's okay when Hiram was buying up the South Side. But the Pops is awful. It's like, but Pops was also about the clothes because you motherfuckers decided that because there was a crime happening there that no one wanted to go back. So why does it matter if he bought this up or not? Cause if y'all really gave a damn, you would have showed up in full force to make sure pops like I, for all of the people, this is supposed to be a regular town. So of course you'll have police officers. You'll have, you know, and I hope I don't sound misogynistic, but you'll have big, strong men. You have guys from the south side who like pops, guys from the north side who like pops. So if a crime happened there, why would that scare everybody away when you would have more people flocking to pops if it's this a 
well cherished monument in town why would you have people flocking there to support him and to be like okay we're going to be security for you on rotating shifts to make sure this shit doesn't happen so i really don't buy that oh pops is such an amazing place in town and everybody loves pops and i can't believe he bought this up that's what i'm saying like i don't i'm not convinced i'm rooting for hiram because you have not done a good job setting up this show it's like you're bringing in elements and ideas fucking on the 28th episode that were never established and now we're supposed to just roll with it it's like no i don't it doesn't feel genuine it doesn't actually even feel real so i don't know like whatever i'm rooting for the lodges i'm team lodge all day i don't give a fuck what happens i don't want jughead to win i don't know what it is that he would win but i don't want him to win um uh, Jughead brings this information to Alice and whatever else. I don't know. Um, fast forward, we get Polly. I said before on Twitter, I do not like Polly. And it's not the actress's fault. Again, it's down to the show. They don't know what the fuck they're doing with her. She popped up for this will reading. She had the twins, Agatha and Munchausen or whatever their names are. And it, she's a boring character. And I feel like they could have did more because I and don't take my nerd card, but I can't recall. I don't think Betty even has a sister in the comics. Maybe she does, whatever. But I'm sure if she does in the comics, she's treated with much more grace than they've given her here on this show. Uh, I just, it's so disgusting. I'm tired of it. Um, yeah, so Betty's like freaking out because Chick's holding the babies. And, and they have him being creepy and weird, but they have like an unspecified creepiness or weirdness because like, why would your first mind be, oh, let me take this baby from him? Is he going to bite the baby's head off right here in front of the family? So weird. Uh, so coming off of the Heather Love story that we got from Cheryl in the last episode, her mom burst into the room while she's picking out an outfit for the wheel reading because Tony Topaz is there. What are you two lesbians doing in here? Like, okay, calm down. Let's. I mean, she didn't say lesbians, but still, you know, that's what they were going for. Uh, it's so odd, but I love how shady she is. She's like, oh, whoop, and what the hell are you going to do at the wheel reading? She's like, well, I'm going to be there. No, Cheryl says she's going to be there for my emotional support. Cheryl is a bitch. <laughs> I love it. She's a bitch in all the best ways. Um, I'm really going to fall off on a couple of these storylines. Archie and his dad and running for mayor. I could care less about that. Fuck them. Uh, I really liked Cheryl this episode. Like, she was really, really interesting character um i feel like now they kind of are doing more with her whereas it seemed before they didn't know what the fuck to do and that's what i mean like they have the main four and it's like they've written stories for them but then when you find out certain people are fan favorites like i honestly don't think cheryl was supposed to be as big as she is and so a lot of times they've kind of kept her around in the background until something could come up but in instances like that maybe it's just me but i grew up watching soap operas watching 90s 80s and 90s um primetime dramas so i feel like when you have an ensemble cast you just have multiple stories going on but i don't feel like they can keep track of these stories moving on to the will reading uh alice burst in because she realizes that hal wanted to divorce her so that he could get whatever cooper uh blossom money excuse me that he would inherit from clifford's death and he didn't want to split it with her. So, you know, whatever that happened. She's... I just now, this episode, realized that apparently Alice was supposed to be 
ghetto or trashy. And I know that she used to be a serpent. I get that part. But I always thought that this was like some wealthy white woman who became a serpent to rebel and then kind of went back to her white woman roots. And, you know, went to journalism school or whatever and kind of like cleaned up her act. But apparently Hal Cooper was the one who was like from money and prestige and whatever. It just doesn't read that way when I see them two on screen. Um, moving past that, we get <clears throat> to Pop's chocolate shop and Jughead's like, yeah, Pop's, did Hiram buy this place? And ugh, Pop sit down and give him this sob story about, yeah, this family, this business has been in my family for eons and, you know, before you write this story, can you please wait until my mom dies because I don't want her to know that we don't own it anymore. Like, what? Pop's is 106 years old. How old is your mom? And where has this lady been? Like, either he's lying or, I don't know, she's real, but she's never here. And this is another convenient plot device. It's like, uh, you could have said, like, if you actually put care into these stories, you can tie a lot. I don't know. Maybe it's me reading comic books forever and watching soap opera since I was a kid. But you don't leave a lot of these, like. You think far enough ahead. If I, Of course, you're going to put your all into the first season so that you can get renewed for a second one. But in that event, you think through that second season. What are the major things I want to happen? After that, you work your way backwards to the point that the first season ended. And it's like, oh, my God. You, this could have That could have been easily solved, if this is true, through having one picture of Pops and an old lady who could be his mom in the back of the shop and you could have it halfway blurred or out of focus as long as you showed that consistently and had somebody remark on it how's your mom been oh she's good you know i'm taking care of her it's just like you're giving me things and i don't know if he's lying or if he's telling the truth or if if he's telling the truth you've just thrown in a random mother that we haven't seen in all of 27 episodes and 28 because we still ain't seen her now it's like this show sometimes they get it so wrong um, so Cheryl stands up to read the, or to, I guess, speak because she's the last surviving blossom. And this is the part where I jumped up and hollered and screamed because she talks about giving up the money, it seems, and she wanting the blood shed to end whatnot. And there's a voice from behind everyone and out steps Clifford Blossom. This is where the show got interesting. I was completely fucked up. Like, I stopped. I stopped the TV. I stopped moving. I said, because this is one of those rare moments where this show has actually done something really well. Like, my first reaction was like, oh, fuck. Then I started walking it back like, what the fuck are y'all doing? Is this Clifford? It turns out it's his brother. Um, he had a brother that he scared, that Clifford scared away with a shotgun because of the blossom curse of one twin dies a violent death. Which, again, this is not something that you've established. You could have established that in the beginning of season one. Like, uh, all this time we're hunting for Jason's murder or killer, and you're never saying, oh, this is the Blossom Twin curse. Like, never. Uh, and that would be something that it would be nice for Polly to know because she has twins. Like, is one of them going to grow up and kill the other? It's just so odd. <sighs> I don't know. I got bored with it really quickly after that. Cause, but, I mean, I'm glad this guy is still getting the check, you know, because, like, whatever. This is some shit that can shake stuff up. But it feels like this happened so far away from Clifford's hanging 
But then I remember in the barn with Clifford's hanging, something was said to the effect of, and I, I was too lazy to go back and look at it, but it was something that was odd about commenting on his his suicide that Penelope commented on. It was like, that, does that, like, almost like, is that really him or something? And I'm thinking if this had came, like, soon after, like, with that, that would have made more sense. Like, I'm excited to see him back, and it was really a good shock and pot twist for me. But after everything settled down and the show kept going on, I was like, okay, this, it paid off initially with seeing him show up and seeing Cheryl faint. But after that, it was like, mm, I'm not for it. Because now we have a twin who, why didn't the mom, the grandma, the older, the oldest lady, why didn't she ever slip up and call him Claudius before like and that it's just they weren't again when you're not thinking about the full picture and about the ending like this is what you get this isn't a show where you can just randomly stay and do whatever like there's so many people to juggle on so many storylines you need i just i'm just not convinced that they have it together like riverdale let me write one arc of riverdale and i'll even write it with the four main people who i really could care less about like I don't know. Um, but we also get this scene where all of the Coopers are sitting down for dinner, uh, minus Hal. And I just, seeing the plight of these blonde white people, it's like, eh, whatever. I don't care. This is dumb. <sighs> we get Veronica and her mom. I just, and I did like this episode, but a lot of it just initially was dope, and then I was over it pretty soon after. Um, and I'm still not over Betty using Kevin to set up Chick. And I'm so glad because when I watched it through the first time, I was angry. I was like, why the fuck ain't Chick? He don't see Kevin looking over the damn computer. But then we got to that second scene where Kevin was on the um, the cam with him. And he did see somebody. And he felt, like, betrayed and, like, disgusted. And I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense because why the fuck? Who the hell are you talking to? Additionally... Clearly, Betty and Kevin aren't that good of friends because there's no pictures of you in the house. You haven't been by. Chick hasn't seen him. Like, I feel like they should have met by now. And I hate, I don't know. I just, I hate this. Like, don't use this gay man's gayness as a weapon or a tool to move your plot forward or to get what you want. And she does this all the time. Betty is not a good person. I'm so sick and tired of her. Um, But Kevin slams the computer. He's like, man, I'm done with this shit. You a hoe. Fuck you, you bitch, and you keep doing shit that you know is wrong. Take care of the shit on your own. She also goes into Chick's, um, I don't know, bathroom. Well, no, before I get there, Archie is sitting down with Veronica, um, with Josie. Damn, I was going to call her Sylvie. <laughs> with Josie, and like, can you tell your mom to talk to my dad about what it's like to be mayor? Whatever, this is boring. Again, bringing the black people in to further your own plot. She doesn't have anything going on on her own. She has to be in service to you. She has to be in service of telling you. Like, yeah, I get that she was mayor. That makes a lot of sense for her to talk to him. But again, this is the time that she gets to show up when she's having an affair and their family is falling apart or when it's to further this white person's plot. Is there nothing that she could be doing on her own? Nothing worthwhile to be filmed? Like, I'm over it. I could care less about Archie's dad. Fuck him and fuck the rest of them. It's, I don't care. So um, the thing that really pissed me off is that there's this other scene where uh, the Coopers are playing with the babies, Agatha and Mooseweed. And 
chick comes down the stairs. He's like, Mom, um, I'm late. Can you take me to work? Which leads me to believe that that's what she's done. Like, she's taken him to work either all the time or before. And she's like, no, chick, I'm with the kids right now. You have to walk or catch the bus. What kind of mom is this? Like, Alice is not a good mom at all. And I was rooting for her, kind of side-eye rooting for her for throughout the first season and first half of the second. But I'm like, you are a horrible person. Like, because a new or another kid who you have comes into play, now it's fuck the other one. That's like, she is a very bad parent. I'm not here for that. Although I think Chick is probably about 18 or 19, maybe even 20. The age, regardless, it doesn't matter. It's the dynamic that you already have set up with this child. But yet now, because Polly is back and finally allowing you to see these kids. And then why the fuck is she back anyways? Like, yeah, that's your daughter. I'm happy she's back. But she's back for the will reading. Like, I, it, y'all all are selfish and evil. And I have no sympathy. I don't care what happens to either of them. Like... They're not going to die, of course, because the season, the show wasn't going without them. But I don't care what happens to them. They're all evil and horrible people. Uh, so we get to the lodges where we find out that Archie did tell Jughead and Jughead wrote this story. But then Veronica takes the blame for it because she feels bad about it. Like, so what? Who cares? Moving on. Now, uh, Jughead is doing everything in his power to try to out the lodges and... I just like go to school, just go to school and continue getting good grades and write this novel that you're never gonna write and go to school at like just graduate and do something with yourself. It's like you're doing a lot of things, things happen, and maybe this is me speaking from the lived in experience I have and things I've witnessed, but a lot of this shit they're mad about. I'm like, calm the fuck down. So fucking what? Like, it is what it is. Like, get get the hell out of here. Uh, I don't know. So Veronica burst into the room with Archie, who's working out shirtless again, and he's like, "I don't want, I don't want my dad mixed up with your family and such and such." But you were like, it's just this ass backwards. Anyways, it comes out that Hiram, the Soda Dad Project, it's him building a prison, and I initially was like, "Okay, and whatever," and I get the prison industrial complex and how bad it is for people, specifically black and brown people. But at the same time, I'm like, I still don't give a damn. Like, okay, y'all have closed the school so that you can make it into a prison. So fucking what? You hoes ain't doing shit no way. I feel no sympathy for none of these people because apparently it's only two black families in this town. Um, half of which is destroyed and then the other half of which is barely even there. I don't care what happens. Bring in a whole prison. Bring in some strip clubs. Like, you're acting like Riverdale is this untouched, pristine-ass town, but y'all aren't doing anything. And to be quite honest, Hiram is bringing jobs into this. Like, I don't know what that makes me sound like. At this point, I don't care because I'm so frustrated with the way that this show is presenting these people. Hiram brings in this prison, and he all the other places that he bought, he's going to build luxury high-rises or luxury um, apartments or condos for the people who work at the prison. Sounds like more jobs to me. So, I don't know. I mean, if this was real, I would probably have more to say about it. But it's just the way the show is presenting all these issues. Like, we finally find out what the hell the Solar Dad Project is. Like, is there nowhere on public record where this was written up to be a prison? Because I feel like you can't just buy a school or any piece of property and then just say, hey, this is going to be a prison now. Nobody knew what was going on before. It's like this show is not handling anything correctly. Like 
I think it's a simple Google search will will let you know. And I'm not going to search it because I'm not trying to build a prison. But I'm sure there's a simple Google search where you can look up how do you start a private prison? What are the steps to take? And they'll tell you so that you could add that into the show. But this show did not know that's what they were going to do. Like, uh, I don't know. It's it's one thing to have a blueprint and then kind of go off the dome or say, okay, well, we're going to plan episodes one through nine. So then 10, 11, and 12, it'll be determined by what happens to one through nine and how the fans react to it. But it's another thing to just be like, well, it seems like a prison is a good idea. Like, you haven't done anything to establish that this is going to be a prison. And why did Veronica, when she found out, not have any objections to this? (sighs) Then Jughead gets the call from Deep Throat, who has to meet him at the bus station, which I've never seen a bus station in Riverdale. If there has been one, please tweet me, Carefree Blurred, and let me know. Yeah, motherfucker, there has been one. I didn't see it. Turns out to be Smithers. Um over him already smithers is talking all this shit about the stuff he did for the lodges and they're not good and this is why Hiram was in jail and he ends with owen house veronica i don't care this is dumb so um move on to clifford or body double clifford sitting at dinner with all of the blossoms plus tony and he's talking about being at some island lesbos island and you know, whatever else. It's cute, funny little moment. Looks like Christmas at the Blossom House. But we get to finding out. Uh, oh, well, one, he's talking about leaving or something that said about him leaving. And his mom's like, oh, no, dear, you can't leave. You have to stay here. And uh, what's the girl name? Mama Blossom is like, yeah, whatever. There's a room here over the garage. You can stay, blah, blah, whatever. And I'm thinking, like, bitch, your house burned down. You, you can stay. You ought to be happy that you're able to stay. Um, then we get to Betty and Polly walking home and they find out that the babies are there and they're going with Chick and the mom is horrible yet again. And it's not that he's creepy, but it's like, you're letting this guy just walk around with babies at night. Why don't you go do it too? Like you didn't even say that to Polly. And yeah, that's her brother, but she don't know this nigga. Like she does not know him. I, that's so odd to me. If I had a long lost sister that came back into play and was staying in my mom's, and I've been away from my mom for months, and I bring back my babies, it's like, oh, your sister has a, well, who the fuck is she? I don't know this girl. Like, such a weird, but, um, so they jump on him, and he's like, yeah, the babies are fine, what the fuck you thought I was gonna do, throw them in the lake or some shit? And, I don't know, this, this episode is just, I, I'm not here for it. Um, we do get the blood pack at the end of the episode with Archie and Hiram cutting their fucking palms open to leave blood on the journal. Some shit. It's, this is dumb. <laughs> it's dumb. All in all, Polly leaves home and Chick is like, yeah, you should write us because she has all that blossom money. Still not 18. Still hasn't graduated high school, which that's not to say if you don't graduate high school that you're not worthy of doing anything but in the context of this show she has no skills she just has that money and those two babies and you're just moving to san francisco okay um we also get betty and jahe being shut down they can't write this article says mr weatherby who's also a plot device so whatever then we get fred andrews at the lodges and he's disgusted that they would even want to build a prison so he's out of here you have to find yourself another mayor. So also the interesting thing about this scene is that he leaves 
and he's like, Archie, come on. And Archie's like, no, Dad, I want to hear him on. I'm going to stay here. First, second, and third most, you are my child. You're under 18. You live in my house. Get the fuck up, and we're leaving. This is not up for discussion. You're a minor, and I'm your guardian. Like, it, you can always go back to, and I'm saying this not as Fred, but you can always go back to the, uh, to the lodges. So why wouldn't you leave with your dad, showing solidarity with him, and then just show back up later like you're going to do anyway. It's like, this is so weird. I, it threw me the fuck off. Like, these kids are, this is why I can't, you can't see these kids as kids because they're doing all this random shit and they're not adhering to authority and maybe that's all interesting and rebellious and whatever, but it just doesn't, they're already all fucking 30 and 40 years old, so they don't look like teenagers and they don't act like it either and that's the issue. That's why I feel like I'm watching a college age drama and not a high school drama. So we find out that Hermione is actually going to be running for mayor, which is like, that's cool. Like a woman running for mayor. I get why, because they want her to, you know, push the project through and stuff, but it's still a woman running for mayor. It's not on a presidential level, but even still. So you get this whole press conference with everybody there and whatever, and then Fred receives a package of buttons. They vote for Fred that um, Veronica created and sent to him. And then the very last or next to last scene, we get fake Clifford talking to the wife and is like, yeah, we got to get rid of mom. We got to get rid of Cheryl. I'm like, what? what the fuck is going on? So I don't know if that's really Clifford or not. Uh, either way, whatever. I just want Cheryl to burn that house down with everybody in it. Like, as much as I despise her for what she did to Josie and the Pussycats, I'm still like, leave that girl the fuck alone. She's been through nothing but trauma and stress since she showed up on film the very first episode. Like, can she not have anything? I don't know. So we find out that the floss that Betty took from Chick's trash can she did a DNA test on it. She kept telling Polly, like, I did a blood test. No, you took some of his DNA from a floss. There's no blood. Like, there's no blood involved. So, um, she's talking about, who are you, chick? Because such and such. I don't even think she, re- whatever. It was dumb. Final scene, of course, the blood packed with Hiram and Archie. That was dumb, too. Like, all in all, I'm over it. <sighs> I am. I'm over it. I'm not. I was not a fan. I like this episode, which is so weird because I just bashed like the whole thing, but I really did like this episode. But I was just like rolling my eyes severely the whole time. All that being said, my favorite character is Josie for this week. Well, I'll just go. I'll go with Cheryl to be like pick people who are actually in the show for longer than two minutes. Um, Cheryl was my favorite, and my favorite scene was the wheel reading. Like everything else was cool, but I'm just I'm over. I'm over this shit. Riverdale has to do a lot. And I'm going to let you guys know right here. Riverdale really got me for the okie doke. The first season was really fun. I really enjoyed it. And I um, like reviewing it. 13 episodes. It was real cool. Then they said they were coming back for a second season. I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm going to review that as well. And then I find out that it's 22 episodes. I will say this here and now. Riverdale has gone downhill for me. Like... At times, it is, like, struggling to review it because it's so 
random and off the rails and not in a good way where, oh, this might tie back in later. It's like they're just writing episodes, giving everybody they run into on the street one episode to write, and nothing is consistent. So if a season three emerges, I probably will not be reviewing Riverdale. What I'll do is I'll watch it, and if they can make me interested in the first two or three episodes, then maybe I'll pick back up. But I... Depending on how this season ends, if they don't end strong, I probably won't be reviewing Riverdale for a season three. That's that's that. Unless it's just eight or 13 episodes, then maybe. But I'm not doing 22 episodes of this frustrating as, like, and it's not a fault of the actors. They're just here. They're collecting a check on a popular TV show, but it is just sometimes taxing to watch. So, again, my favorite character was Cheryl this episode showing everybody black and my favorite scene was the will reading scene so if you guys want to catch me back here later same nerd time same nerd station uh stay carefree stay nerdy stay out of riverdale but also hit me up on twitter carefree blurred use the hashtag wtrbot let me know how you feel about that announcement do you think that you would want to hear a whole season three from me again because ultimately though i say all that if it comes down to folks wanting to hear it, I will, <laughs> which is just like reneging on what I just said. But it's the truth. I'm not 100% happy with this show. But if folks really you know, want to come on and discuss it or whatever, then I'm down. But I'll tell you now, Riverdale has been a shit show for a little minute here. So <laughs> if this was not um, depressing enough for you, <laughs> uh, meet me back here again. Same nerd time, same nerd station. And, um, look forward to chapter 29. All right.